0: Have you ever wanted to peek into the dark corners of history and see what you find?
1: Luckily, you've come to the right place. I'm Teddy. I'm Katrina. And this is Grave History, a macabre history podcast. friends. We're back. Good evening, Again. we are. From outer space. <laughs> From, uh, when was the last time we did this? Like September? I think so, yeah. Because it was just before I started into the world of academia.
0: Yeah, because you were already
1: thrust into the world of
0: academia, like mm-hmm. that film, Into the Spider-Verse. I don't know, I haven't seen it, but I, I imagine that's what it's like. <laughs> it's very much like that. And obviously that takes up a huge amount of your time and mm. research energy, because a lot of it is researching, and then you don't want to do researching twice
1: yeah unless i can write episodes about you know ancient greece or um the process of lidar in archaeology and i don't think i can so Mm, i don't think it would fit the profile i bet there's some great dark greek history but yeah i don't
0: think it would fit the profile so no
1: it's not it's not british so well explain
0: to me then um Mayhaps why we have so much Greek stuff at the British Museum. Hmm?
1: Oh. Um well, uh the 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 next question. uh uh-huh. mm? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> You've also been doing academia, am I am I correct? I have,
0: barely. <laughs> um <laughs> just reading stuff and thinking and going down tangents and then being like, Oh, I can't use any of this. That's academia, isn't it? Yeah, I just had this huge thing about Um, loosely speaking, it was very theme park related, which isn't entirely unrelated to what I'm doing, but like, I was just like, no, this is going to have to be like a
1: separate paper. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry, main paper. (laughs) You've gone so far off the path that you're just going to make your own path.
0: Yeah. But I don't know, sometimes it's good to like research other stuff because like it kind of can rewire your brain a bit Mm, and remind you why you find stuff interesting. Yeah. In the first place. And obviously, like it's all kind of related to like what I'm studying, which is dark mm. tourism. Um, I mean, this particular topic. I mean, it's it's not. It kind of infringes on dark tourism a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not entirely relevant, I would say, but it's definitely like an interesting lesson in how people interact with legend, yeah, and the role that you know folklore plays in community. Mm. Let's yeah, I put it like that. that. Yeah. Although this isn't like a deep dive because I think a much deeper dive could be done, um, and I'm not the person to do it here right now. <laughs>
1: That's fair.
0: Unfortunately, I mean, okay. So uh, today's topic—I should say that before I say anything else—is yeah, um, so we are going to be taking a look at the most haunted village oh. in Britain. Definitely in England. There might be a more haunted one in like Scotland or Wales. I don't know. Probably. Let's let's just say England. Yeah. So. The village is called Pluckley. Excellent British town name. It is. And it's in Kent. It's like about an hour's away from London by train. Ah. In the Ashford district. Kent's the the garden of England, isn't it? I, 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 you know, I don't think I've ever even been to Kent. Oh, no, I have. I went to Thanet for a day trip once. Uh, I think I've been to Kent by accident. I mean, I think most
1: people probably have. Oh, no, wait. The lovely, uh, one of the lovely hosts of Casting Lots is from Kent, I believe. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We've got a weak connection there. That's good. Yeah, there we go. Weak. We love a weak connection. We love a weak connection. Yeah, it's one of
0: those. <laughs> it's one of those places that I'm not very familiar with, but I feel like it's got a high amount of cultural dominance in some ways because mm. basically, because I think it's quite easy to film stuff there, so they
1: film a lot yeah, of stuff. <laughs> makes sense.
0: Actually, um, the TV series uh, "The Darling Buds of May" was filmed in Pluckley, which I've never seen, but um, it's something. No, it's something that old people seem to like. Um, <laughs> so you know, good on them. Um, I think it's got that kind of you know. Nice, quaint, small town thing going on. Cho- like a uh, biscuit tin, chocolate box, kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's coffee. not 100% chocolate box, but it's a nice wee town. It's got yeah. roots in Roman times, and uh, mm. merits a mention in the Domesday book. Um, um cool. Yeah, it's got a church, which is grade one listed, um, and it's got cool. its, its origins in um, Anglo-Saxon times.
1: Nice, nice.
0: Yeah, it's still... Using its 1842 railway station, which is one of the last Hell remaining yeah. stations of that era. Uh, if you're like me and you like railway stations and trains, then look it up because it's like virtually unchanged from its original construction. <gasps> so it's like a I'm little time. Ca- Do it. It's like a little time capsule for the growth of uh, hey. railways. But yeah, like I say, it's probably better known as. You know, being a setting for the Darling Buds of May. He has a walking tour of the Darling Buds of May, and I would love to see, like, of the, it does. the profile of who goes on that tour. <laughs> um, the average just... age. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. I, the only time I ever heard of it before was my grandpa talking about it. Um, uh, it's also got a glamping site, if that's the kind of thing you're into. <laughs> I don't know. It's got the range, darling. <laughs> but, and, well, I'm about to tell you exactly how much range it has. <gasps> Uh, What may be Pluckley's biggest legacy is, it's ghosts. Oh, yes. So Pluckley is famously known, including on its own website, um, as the most haunted village in England. Ooh. So what multiple sources, and I haven't got the website in front of me, but I think they mention it as well, say about Pluckley was that in 1989, it was named the most haunted village by the Guinness Book of World Records.
1: Oh, that's a pretty... Pretty good accolade.
0: Okay, but here's the thing: I found the 1989 Guinness Book of World Records, mm. and in that part, what it actually says is "generally thought to be the most haunted village in England." Ah, and the title "Most Haunted Village" has a question mark after it.
1: I suppose it's not a quantifiable thing in the same way as. Well, exactly. How on earth? How on earth do you? <laughs> who's the? Who's the? Who uh, the lady with the longest nail. She always showed up in those. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think you can send in, like, Yvette Fielding and be like, is it haunted, Yvette? And she'll go, yes.
0: I mean, that's exactly what they did. Not the Guinness of Book of World Records, but uh, that is <laughs> that is what happened.
1: Oh, of course Yvette Fielding's <laughs> been
0: there. Of course she's been there. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, oh, we're going to talk a little bit about celebrities going there. Hell yeah. But yeah, so we're already off for a slightly dubious start. I'm trying mm. to, like, set the tone for what we're looking at. So, um, according to most sources, um, Pluckley is home, officially home, to at least 12 ghosts. Good number. Exactly. This is the number listed on Pluckley's own website,
1: mm-hmm.
0: although it kind of acknowledges that the number may be higher. Another source says 15, another source says, like, 14. Mm. My original source is a delightful book called uh, Mysteries of the Unknown, all about ghosts. Which I like it. You may have heard of. It's actually gotten quite famous recently. It was written in 1977. I want to mm-hmm. say by Christopher Maynard, um, and it's a ch- it's an Osborne children's book.
1: So oh, it's one of cool. those.
0: Yes, it's one of those beautifully picture illustrated um, books, mm. and. It was recently republished with a foreword by Rhys Shearsmith because um, the book's quite famous in that kind of generation of people, you know, people who were kids in, like, the 70s and the 80s mm. who were interested in, you know, ghosts and the supernatural and whatever. It was, like, quite an influential book on a lot of
1: them. Makes sense, makes sense.
0: Other people, like, kind of within Rhys Shearsmith's circle, actually, like, um, I think Mark Gators talked about it. Yeah. Andy Nyman... Uh, it, You can definitely see the influence in stuff like his play and then his film Ghost Stories. Yeah, makes sense. And then, the who's the other one? Uh, Jeremy Dyson wrote a book called The Haunted Book, which also kind of smacks of it a lot. And they've
1: all got these very, like, they're basically talking about haunting, and then they put these heavy themes on top of them, which, I don't yeah. know, I really like that as like a genre. I was going to say, they've all definitely got the same kind of vibe. They
0: do have the same kind of vibe, um, and then yeah. I've kind of seen it crop up in other places, like I think Charlie Brooker referenced it once, and Makes no, sense. I'm quite interested in his work. But they're, they're all kind of, of of the same generation, and I actually mm. found a website with an interview with the author, which I'll, I'll mention again later, called The Haunted Generation, and mm. kind of like the contention of that website is that, stuff, like, media produced for children, that era has a very particular quality to it. It does. Yeah, which I agree with, because, I mean, you can say it's just nostalgia, but, you know, I mean, I wasn't born in that generation, I'm still like, okay, I'm feeling a vibe yeah. from this. absolutely. That, <laughs> I don't know, I just find that insanely interesting. But, yeah, uh, so this book, which is, you know, quite influential yeah. in some ways, has a pe- has a page, a beautiful uh, two-page spread, which I'm looking at right now. <gasps> um, It is on archive.org, so you can read it there if you want to. Okay. On Pluckley, The Village with a Dozen Ghosts oh i like that that's that's a catchy title it's a great title um and it's it's um it's laid out on a map of the village Mm. with photographs of each of the locations (gasps) that was taken by the author oh that's cool which is mostly just photos of like buildings and yeah fields and stuff (laughs) because there's not a whole lot to see. no but yeah it's 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 just a really interesting chapter and a really interesting book Mm. and actually um this the book i have is like a triple decker it's got it's also got a book about monsters and a book about UFOs.
1: Hell yeah.
0: Which are all, you know, also these illustrated 70s yeah. kids stuff. Um, and I've got a first edition, which is apparently can be quite valuable nowadays. I'll get you. Well, the lesson from that is always look through um, your local charity bookshop because you never know what you might find. Absolutely. So what I started off doing was basically just listing the ghosts. Okay. So ghost number one in Pluckley, is known as the Highwayman.
1: Nice, good start. And he
0: is the ghost of a Highwayman. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So he can be seen at a crossroads which is locally known as Fright Corner, which is where an old oak tree once stood. Okay. So apparently his MO was to hide behind the tree and then jump out at his unsuspecting victims, which is quite a funny way to, like, I, I presume he was armed. Maybe he wasn't. Either. I assume
1: so. It's not terrifying otherwise. No,
0: um, But his reign of terror came to an end when he was ambushed by his enemies. So some sources say it was a guard. Some say other thieves, mm. you know. But they ran him through with either a sword or a spear, pinning him to the tree and killing him. Ooh, I like it. I know. So though the tree has gone, the highwayman is still there. Some say he jumps out at travellers. Others say his murder is reenacted every night. Cool. Now, according to Most Haunted, who filmed an episode, obviously, obviously they filmed an episode there. His name is Robert Dubois. This has not been verified in any
1: capacity, as far as I can tell.
0: But um, was there a... You know more about this than me. Was there a highwayman called Robert Dubois? It
1: rings a bell. I know there was a very sort of... Hmm. There's a story about a very charming French uh, highwayman. Of course he was French. Or French-speaking highwayman. Mm. Um but I don't know if it's him. The only one I know is is my is my homeboy, uh Dick Turpin. Uh yes, he's yes. yes. Mm. And hopefully we'll
0: look at him we, some more in the yeah, future at some point. Don't worry. Um but you know, a highwayman's a pretty good like ghost yeah. to have around. That's a good standard like English classic, I think. The Highwayman, yeah. Well, I mean so the next sort of ghost is a phantom coach and horses, kinda of like Balling uh... Rectory, which is another, you know, another kind of stock victorian almost ghost mm. so this is on the road from pluckley to a nearby uh maltman's hill yeah so apparently a coach with four horses can be heard on dark nights rumbling along the lonely road
1: Ooh.
0: and so pluckley's website reports this coach in several places mm-hmm. uh throughout the village you know same coach different coach who knows who knows man Yeah, so in 1997, there was apparently a near crash with a car, Mm -hmm. as according to a local newspaper, Kent Live. Got you. Yeah, apparently that's what happened, I don't know. But yeah, again, you know, that's quite a classic one.
1: Yeah, I feel like ghost stories are much more, they have much more weight to me Mm. when they're more of like, they're playing out the same scene over and over, like they're an echo rather than them being actually like, like actively recognising the, Up uh, there are people around them and being a conscious haunting versus uh, st- a stone tape theory yeah. i would say stone tape hauntings are much more believable to me definitely so from a scientific
0: standpoint mm-hmm. um not that i know a lot about the science behind it you need to talk to the um uh oh, what's it called again the department for Paran- paranormal parapsychology which is at edinburgh university oh. <laughs>
1: I will have a look. You'd word. have to talk
0: to them about it, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they'll have some more information. But, you know, when I was researching uh, the next ghost, this is where I started kind of, re- you know, um, veering off the rails a little bit <laughs> and breaking out of the mould. So, okay, first of all, quick disclaimer. The next ghost uh, is known as the Gypsy Woman. Okay. So, which obviously isn't a great mm. term, but um, I'm going to say that a few more times because it's the only way she's referred to. yeah repeatedly, so yeah, I don't mean a, a, any offence by that, of course. It's just, it's awkward trying to find references to her that don't use the word, and I'm not even sure, I'm not even sure what she was, like, I don't know if she was Romani, or or Irish. And I'll I'll tell you why we don't know what she was. So, um, this woman... Apparently, she can be seen with a pipe and a tattered shawl near Pinnock Bridge. Right. Which is, I mean, it's quite quite a small town, so it's not that far from, you know, the highwaymen. Mm -hmm. She's been described as misty, and apparently she doesn't talk. She just sits there smoking her pipe. (laughs) Now, what's interesting is that sources seem to diverge on the cause of the alleged cause of her death. So, according to Pluckley's official village website, she drowned in a stream right. at the Pinnock. But according to the book, uh, Kent Live, and basically most other sources, she was burned to death instead.
1: I can see why they wouldn't want to put that on their tourism website, though.
0: I mean, drowning isn't that pleasant either.
1: <laughs> no, but, you know, drowning can be an accident.
0: I mean, I think it was an accident too. So, um, so uh, all the sort of burned to death ones were accidents oh, as well. okay. Like her pipe... her. Yeah, her pipe caught fire while she was asleep
1: and her shawl went up in
0: flames. Yeah, which is, um, there was another one I found, I forget where exactly, that said that she fell asleep in a barn and her pipe set the straw on fire.
1: Ah, okay, I got you, I got you.
0: Yeah, so the general consensus seems to be that she burned to death Mm. by accident. Yeah, she seemed to have died by accident no matter what happened. So, uh, I founded a website called London Walking Tours, which produces a free uh, self-guided tour to Pluckley on its website, mm-hmm. which has some more information and, like, mapping. Okay, cool. So, um, according to this source and quite a few others, the woman was a watercress seller, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the kind of job that a traveller would commonly have. Yeah. According to one version of the story, she died after falling asleep with the pipe in the mouth and it fell on her lap, igniting her clothes, burning her in moments, uh, with the fire accelerated by her bevy of choice. I see. Uh, One source says gin, another says whiskey. And now, her name is also completely unknown. Wikipedia very confidently states her name is Susan Richardson, like, with no backup or whatsoever and I can't find reference to that name anywhere um Ghost Connections which is a website I'll mention in a bit more depth in a second uh identifies her
1: as Abigail Nichols okay I'm assuming Derek Cora managed to get in contact with her and get her whole backstory
0: oh I think I'm feeling something <laughs> um I can't do a Derek Cora impression no me either my sister does a very good Derek Cora impression she's got her impression. of course she does of course she does so this is where I got into the uh, petty and anal part of my research. You never. I <laughs> I went to a series of like uh, um, archival websites, mm. including kentarchaeology.org.uk mm-hmm. and um, the Kent Online Parish Clerks. So I couldn't find anything about a Susan Richardson in either of those. That doesn't mean there wasn't one. It just means I couldn't find a record. Yeah. But, you know, the, I mean, the records there are fairly in-depth. And the the Kent Online Parish Clerk's website covers 1699 to 1977. Oh, pretty expansive then. Yeah, I know, right? They did report a woman named Mrs. Charlotte Mills, aged 91, burning to death after her shawl caught fire in 1809, but that was in Bromley. Oh. It also reports a seven-year-old girl dying in the same way in Gillingham in 1818. Right. As well as quite a lot of drownings. Apparently that was quite a common way to die. Yeah. But none, none of them matched that profile... You know, hmm. given. So you know, I went on. I looked up those names at FindMyPast.co.uk. I signed up for a goddamn free trial. I <laughs> gave them my my information.
1: Did you remember to cancel it. You know what? I don't think I did. <gasps> oh no! Fuck. Okay, make a note after this. Do it. I'm gonna, <laughs> I've got to. I've got to go and get. Ca- I've already. Oh god. This is a reminder to make sure everyone cancels their free trials.
0: Yes, please do. I've. Oh god. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Like fool me fourteen <laughs> times. I deserve this. <laughs> but yeah, so um, what, what the interesting thing I did find on the UK birth marriage death database was birth marriage death records for Kentish, uh, put it, quote marks, gypsies and travellers. Okay. Which actually has quite a lot of records about, you know, the traveller community, mm. if you're interested in researching that at all. Oh, cool. But there were no causes of death in burials, so she could be in there? I don't know. The index of a newspaper mm. references to um uh to gypsies. there is a reference to a man named Ambrose Lee drowning while trying to rescue a young boy in eighteen ninety seven okay that's like the closest one though yeah also this this is actually quite fun to read like um as you know if you're just interested in old timey uh nonsense there's a family called scamp oh. um with many <laughs> i know right with many felonies, most of them quite serious. But some of them, like one was a, a Solomon scamp, was accused of stealing horsehair from a live horse in 1887. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> but yeah, and I found another one in um in Maidstone. Uh, I I don't know what this was, but a man named William Cowburn in 1850. All it said is his calf excreted a series of snakes.
1: What was he haunted? I don't know. I want
0: more details on that, but yeah. I couldn't find any.
1: You can't just say that a calf is shitting snakes and just be like, anyway. Yeah, I mean, there's, but there are a lot of stories on here that, like,
0: I'm like, wait, I want to know more about that. Yeah. Like, another one was um, in 1812, two servant girls of a Reverend John Gibbons drowned themselves in his garden pond in a suicide pact at Brasted Parsonage.
1: I need that story. I need that story
0: too. like, like I'm like, I want these stories. I don't want. I don't yeah. care about this anymore. But yeah, so I basically didn't find anything that convinced me that this story is real Hmm. or that happened in any way, shape or form. And it was at this point in my research that I came across a website called Ghost Connections. Now, Ghost Connections is the website of a team of paranormal investigators who seem to take their work very seriously.
1: Sounds like a dating website.
0: Yeah, I know. (laughs) I, I was thinking that too. But yeah, they adopt a scientific approach, I mean, insofar as one can. Mm. So, for example, they don't consider clairvoyant information to be sufficient proof of anything. Good. (laughs) Which you shouldn't ever consider that. Actually, I read uh, quite a few of their investigations and I really enjoyed them. I like ghost hunting, but uh, as with true crime, I'm very particular about my sources, because I really hate sensationalism and misinformation. Makes sense. Yeah, so if you're like me, interested but sceptical, you might enjoy, you know, their investigations. Mm. So what they did was they actually did quite a deep critical analysis of Pluckley. Okay. Yeah, there were a few ghosts here that they didn't cover, but most of them they did cover. Uh, One of the ones they did was the woman who caught fire. Mm -hmm. Now, their team couldn't find a firm date for the death, which is, you know, what makes it so sus. Yeah. But they kind of hazard a guess at around the early 1900s. And, you know, based on the records i found of travellers in the area, it's perfectly possible that something like that happened. But it would be be the news if something like that happened.
1: Mm.
0: (laughs) If something like that happened... You know that that even in 1900, that would make the news. Yeah, you, you'd think. So yeah, I mean, we've got accounts of similar deaths happening in Kent as well. As I said before, so there's no reason, and um, there is plenty of coverage of stuff that happened to you know the gypsy and traveller community mm. at that time. So you know, there's no reason that it wouldn't be there. Uh, why did the town website say she drowned? I still don't know. I have no idea.
1: Maybe it's like it's a less violent death.
0: I suppose
1: um i yeah i mean uh, maybe they just don't want to because their population is mostly old women they don't want to go (laughs) by the way sometimes old ladies burn to death here that's a great conversation uh, (laughs) i don't know i'm 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 guessing as i've found multiple times
0: Um, (laughs) so at this point i was thinking my god maybe everything i thought was false I was having like a bit of an end of two thousand one space odyssey moment. <laughs> it's all gonna like melt away. It kind of did a bit. Mm. So the next the next ghost I looked at, still using the the book as my original guide, was um okay. So the miller's ghost. Oh okay. So there is a former um there used to be a mill in Pluckley named the Pinnock.
1: Oh, that was in the previous story as well, wasn't it? Yes.
0: Mm. Um, it's like an an area. Oh, okay. Yeah, it seems to like the land it was on seems to now hold several houses. Okay. Yeah. Our ghost here is the old miller whose name is Mr. Richard Dickie Bus. Dickie Bus. Mm, that's his, you're going to have to get used to that name, <laughs> I'm afraid, because it crops up quite
1: a lot. It's just, it's not even Dicky. it's just because it's Dickie Bus. Dickie Bus. Yeah, if it was just Dickie on its own, I would have given it one giggle and carried on, but it's the combination.
0: Oh, well, there is a lane nearby named Dicky Bus Lane.
1: I want to go there. Hmm we can dude
0: if i was like i'd love to do like a, a trip to pluckley yes. and like talk to people there more about it but you know because as i found out i'm like yeah. i want to know more tell me more just like just, like shaking the
1: the the, the pub landlord <laughs> over
0: the bar like, tell me more old man tell
1: me about the bu- woman who burned to death or maybe drowned I have to know, but also because, you know,
0: places like pubs, sometimes they have, like, old newspapers That's on true, display yeah. with local history, so, you know, there's a chance that, you know, there might be some resources there, or, or the library, um, or local historians. Mm. But yeah, so the story is that the ghost of Mr. <laughs> um can be seen just before a thunderstorm in the ruins of the old windmill, Ooh. and the interesting thing about this ghost is it's reportedly a black silhouette, like a shadow person.
1: Okay. Interesting. That's good and spooky. Mm-hmm. 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 I
0: know. I yeah. really like that, you know, thunderstorm, thunderstorm ruin shadow person. Shadow person. Yep. That's like got everything I like yeah. going on.
1: That's a good combo. But
0: here's the thing.
1: Mm. ruin it for me.
0: Here's the thing, and I was I'm going I was thinking about holding this all off to the end, but honestly, I don't want to just rattle through a bunch of stories like quickly mm. and then, you know, you might have already guessed this, but it's weirdly hard to find actual accounts of hauntings in Pluckley. Mm. So, Ghost Connections helped me out again here, as it did. Um, so, there are several versions mm. of The Legend of the Miller. Mm. And in some of them, Mr. Boss is the witness of the ghost rather than the ghost itself. Right. And it seems like his account is the only one. You know, even though the apparition is supposed to appear to many people under you know certain conditions. Yeah. Witnesses are hard to find. Uh, Dicky Boss was a real person. Mm-hmm. Uh, born in 1845, he seems to have stopped being the Miller in 1919. Okay. But there also there are no ruins. The mill was severely dilapidated by 1932, which is when you know sightings might have happened. Mm-hmm. But um, as of now, none of it exists anymore.
1: Oh, so he might just be a bit lost at sea.
0: Well, that's the thing. So what's going on? People making up stories again? Yeah. Um, ghost connections propose a theory. Apparently Dickie's son Charles used to set bird traps in there with long white sheets attached. Uh... Which was apparently confirmed by a local historian. Yeah. So that could cause ghost stories, but not a shadowy figure.
1: No. But also human eyes, especially in the dark, yeah. are trained or like evolutionary evolution. Uh through evolution, uh-huh. I've been trained to recognise faces and human shapes in things.
0: Well, that com- that comes up a lot in this. Is um, What's it called again? Paridolia? Paridolia. I don't know if that's how you pronounce Paridolia? it. I'm just going to stick to that. Something like yeah. that. Let's just chill. Paridolia. <laughs> Why not? Um. <laughs> so, like, that one's got a bit more meat to it historically yeah. than the last one. As in, like, it involves verifiably real people. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's still, like, you're telling me that people see a ghost rather than people telling me that they've seen a ghost. Yeah, it's
1: that second-hand account that's just throwing it. Yeah. Like, Mothman has more evidence than this.
0: Yeah, well, that's got more first-hand accounts. Exactly, yeah. And now now we're entering the no-fun zone, um, where I, like, you know, ruin everything. To be fair, like, I love debunking stuff because I think it makes it better when we find stuff that's hard to debunk.
1: Yeah. We should have a theme for this bit. Just boom, 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 bomb. Katrina Snow, fun zone. It's just like the sound of a wet tuba.
0: <laughs> a wet tuba? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I've never played a tuba but I assume you can play them underwater. <laughs> Probably. I don't see why not. You can play instruments in the water. I've seen High School Musical too. <laughs> Yeah, just to represent the kind of damp squib yeah. that I'm putting on all of this. Just, <laughs> no, No fun allowed. Um, you know, which is, you know, I mean, I've been kind of in- accused of that before, but I, I just think it's better when you find something that's truly strange. Yeah. And you don't clutter it up with nonsense. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, in the same vein, let's move on to the next mm-hmm. ghost. Uh, the Hanging Body. Oh, okay. Now, this one is fairly famous. Um, so, verbatim the story from Mysteries of the Unknown is, soon after World War One, a schoolmaster committed suicide in the village. He hanged himself from a laurel tree that stood in the road once known as Dickie Buss's Lane. His, I've said it like five times. It such an
1: unfortunate place to die.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> he he died in Dick Park Lane.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Oh that's terrible. Where did he die? Oh, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Horsecock Street. <laughs>
1: um
0: so his, his phantom body is said to be visible to this day, swinging in the breeze. Okay. Now, there are several versions of this story again. The version I just told you with the caveat that the body was found by Mr. Bus himself. He gets around. He does. He was like he was a local figure, I think. Maybe Panther. a bit of a character, yeah. something like that. Um, I think he was quite an important figure in the village, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, version two, it's the 1920s, and a group of school children came acro- across the body of their teacher. <gasps> this is the version that was told on a 2004 episode of Top Gear. <laughs> Bear with me. Um, where, the, um, where Which, which featured uh, Pluckley. Uh, briefly, right. um, I'll mention it a bit further later on, but this was the version that was broadcast on TV and actually brought quite a lot of attention to the um, area. Mm. And then we've got version three. Uh, the man's name was Henry Turf, and he was the head of Smarden School. He would journey to Pluckley every Sunday to meet his good friend, Mr. Buss, mm-hmm. to discuss politics. One day he did not come, and his body was found hanging from a tree. <gasps> And then we've got like a, a variation on that. Uh, Henry Turf was the headmaster of Pluckley School and he was good friends with the headmaster of nearby Smarden School. So we did like a switcheroo. Mm-hmm. Every Sunday, this man would travel to Pluckley to meet Turf and discuss politics. But for one week when he was... Fa- what? Oh, it was my, I couldn't read my writing. But one <laughs> week he was found hanged on the lane leading to the mills. Uh, bereaved, Turf decided to do the same. His ghost reportedly dressed in a green blazer and stripy trousers. Oh,
1: so this could be a bit of a, um, a romance.
0: Well, exactly. That's what mm. I was thinking. None of the none of the none of the sources were man enough to admit no, it. But,
1: um, but you're know.
0: absolutely right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Kent Life has the first version. The London Walking Tours has the schoolchildren version. But you know what's the truth? Well, uh, once again, <laughs> there are no authenticated first-hand reports mm. of this ghost. Um, Ghost connections helped me out again here. They went into the geography of the apparition in quite some depth, which you can you know read on their mm. site if you're interested in that. Um, but also the people. So we we already know that Richard Buss was a real person. Yeah. Henry Edwin Turf was the name of a schoolmaster in Pluckley, mm-hmm. and according to the London Gazette, he died on the 11th of April 1940 okay. uh, with cause of death not not mentioned. So quite a bit later. Quite a bit later, um, I couldn't find any mention of it, you know, being a suicide. Mm. And that, again, that's the kind of thing that crops up. Yeah. That, w- that it will show up in newspapers. So I, I looked up, you know, anyone who died in this way. Mm. Um, out of curiosity and I found an 1801 record of a labourer named John Hughes um, not the same guy who wrote The Breakfast Club I presume <laughs> who hanged himself in the woods near Petham in this way Okay, which you know is, it's, it's, really, it's a tragedy obviously, obviously. he left a
1: wife and three children. But wrong place wrong time
0: wrong place wrong time and um, it ties into something that I was thinking about later where do you think it's possible that something like that could become a kind of a local legend and then turned into something else? I could see that yeah you you got the verifiable true fact that someone did die in a in a very similar way, mm. um, and then that kind of maybe sticks in the mind and then gets you know by word of mouth turned into something else.
1: Yeah, I find a lot of kind of stories of hauntings do tend to be that kind of game of telephone.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, they are. They are. Um, I mean, same with mythology. You know,
1: mm, absolutely. And it,
0: I was thinking when I mean it it. When I was a kid, um, we decided that the bathroom in our new build primary school was haunted for oh, no yeah. reason other than boredom, um, <laughs> and we just we just attributed various characteristics up to it that we'd like seen in you know goosebumps or yeah. had heard in like scary urban legends. So that was us just t- which you know themselves might be based on something that actually happened, but you know might not be. So that yeah. was us kind of synthesizing a story to a location. And that's just something that children do. That's just yeah. That kids I mean, do. there's
1: there's one like that in the area I'm originally from before I moved. Uh there's a. It's hard to describe. There's a hill somewhere that, um, uh. if you like, cut the engine in your car on this hill. Oh! It will start rolling up it. Yeah, there's a few places like that
0: that I've heard about across the world. It's meant to be, like, an optical illusion or mm. something. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. I if, if, believe so. If, if, it is, if it is real. But, yeah, no, I've, I've heard of that.
1: Yeah, and there's so many different stories attributed to it. Like, oh, it's Dick Turpin. Oh, it's some more ghosts. Oh, it's this. And it's just... There's so many different versions of it because so many people have gone, well, I heard, you know, this from this person and I've misremembered it and now I'm telling you so you can misremember it.
0: Yeah, it is just a big elaborate game of telephone. <laughs> Absolutely telling telling stories and i think everyone who was a child at some point and hung out with other children can verify some kind of made-up scary story oh absolutely that was that was told i mean bloody mary that's yeah yeah bloody mary yeah that's just like a very sort of worldwide one you know one that spread really far but yeah you get these these smaller ones that kind of stick with the local area Mm Um, and often they're, the, often they're the same kind of story. Mm. You know, they're like, I saw a, the ghost of a of a lady in white standing. It's always the lady in white. There was one in... um So where I grew up um in North Edinburgh, there was a camo tower, which was like... I can't remember what it was exactly. It was like a folly, I think, because mm. the, the land used to belong to a rich person, but you could see it from like the motorway. Oh, yeah. And some people... I remember some kids in my year saying sometimes that you used to see a lady in black holding a knife standing there. Oh. Which is not based on anything except boredom. <laughs> but you know, when you're when you're a kid, it gives you something to, to think about because yeah. you you don't understand what fear is then.
1: Yeah, it gives you uh, something to not sleep about.
0: Yeah, something something stupid. And know when I'm older, I'm like, hmm, let's think about that lady in black again. I wonder what she's up to. You know, as opposed to thinking about anything she should be thinking.
1: About. She must be out of work, you know, with so many people staying home. I mean, the tower's
0: still there, but I think they're building houses on oh, the field. So disgusting. She'll she. Bringing in some new business, huh? Oh,
1: true, yeah. She'll have new friends. Yeah, exactly. That's nice.
0: But yeah, so, like, there are no records for any of the headmasters of Smarden or Pluckley committing suicide. Mm. So Ghost Connections did point out that it's uh, it's entirely possible that Dickie, Boss, and Henry Turf were friends and met up for a pint, mm. and presumably a political discussion. Yeah. So, you know, they might have been mates. Um, or lovers. They might have been lovers. <laughs> <laughs> they might have been. Who knows? Apparently he was really sad when he committed suicide yeah yeah i wish there was a bit more detail on that one because yeah. that's that's like i've as with all of them i'm like i feel like there's a more interesting story in here that we haven't quite <laughs> managed to like gouge out
1: yeah that's juicy
0: but okay this one is a good example of what we were kind of just talking about like a great kid's ghost story that's just mm. scary so yeah. this one is called the screaming man oh <gasps> i love it already so, near the railway station uh, is a clay pit and a brickworks. Okay. The site is now a housing estate, I believe, but the chimney and part of the what I think is like the processing building—I have absolutely mm-hmm. no idea—it looks a bit like that—is um, is still there. So bits of the building are still there. Okay. Anyway, so this—the story here is that a worker was killed when a wall of clay fell on him. Ooh, nasty way to go. Very well. Even there are versions where the man drowned in the clay pit. What? No thanks. And it said that his ghost haunting the site screams in the way he did as he died.
1: Uh, okay. Yeah. Let see. Yeah. Is this at a train station? It's near
0: the train station. Hmm. So you already maybe because we, well, we talked about this in the underground episode, right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. With the Farringdon ghost.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, so her, call me cynical, but <laughs> screaming noises don't convince me as evidence of a haunting, especially yeah. in wooded areas. And why is that, boys and girls? Foxes exactly foxes mhm if you've ever when, uh, i don't know if i've ever mentioned this one i lived in um, london there was a fox that lived like outside my dorm window oh no and this fox was have you ever seen the sword in the stone this fox looked like the wolf in the sword in the stone oh, it was my this, God. like grey mangy looking <laughs> thing good urban fox and it would yeah it was it was a real urban fox and it would scream and shriek and howl oh jeez um, and it's it's a horrible noise i think it the fox really is fine is. i think I think it was either just, you know, horny or bored. I don't know what it was doing. A bit of both. Yeah. They're, they're, I don't, uh, yeah. I forget exactly why they make that noise. Mm. But fox
1: screams are terrifying.
0: They're really scary. I mean, they're not as... So we, we don't get mountain lions here in the UK, obviously. Mm. But if you've ever heard a mountain lion screaming, it's uh, like, listen to a recording of it. It sounds exactly like a woman screaming. Yep. It's really unnerving. Um, And also uh, rabbits. So rabbits make a very horrible screaming noise when they are... Threatened or killed, basically. So hopefully oh. that's a noise you don't ever hear, but it's a really awful sound.
1: Uh, Frogs as well. Oh, do they? Frogs scream, yeah, when they're in danger or or, or being killed. It's horrible. It's a horrible noise.
0: I have heard awful frog noises before, but I hadn't heard that one before. Huh, mm. that's interesting. So, well, yeah, as we just said, there's lots of reasons, <laughs> and birds. We didn't yeah. even mention birds, but, but uh, I mean, you can usually tell, but sometimes birds bird cries can be quite human sounding yeah um i mean that that, that's a really obvious water on the fire um explanation but you know like i said before there aren't really any compelling accounts of anyone having heard it
1: yeah i feel like you have to see something to go with the scream to lend it any kind of credence yeah or it have it like actually scream words or it happens in a location that's quite closed off. Like, mm. if I heard something screaming inside my house, for yeah. example. But even then, my neighbours are pricks, so... <laughs> they could just be their kids. If
0: I heard someone screaming in the same room as me when I knew I was alone, that yes. was when I'd be like, what the fuck is going on in here? That would be like, right, I need some salt <laughs> immediately. <laughs> I need to leave this house and I need to burn this house. <laughs>
1: I'll just get um, I'll just lose my deposit. I don't care. I'm going. Don't care anymore. <laughs> um <laughs> you know either that or you try and you know strike up a friendship with the screen. Maybe become friends. Yeah. Maybe more. Who knows? Maybe more. We can only dream.
0: We can only dream. But yeah, so like, like I said there's no real story attached to it. There's this kind of vague idea of uh, the and then the the, the Bricklayer died. Uh so, Ghost Connections, who I'm crediting in, they found the story of a man named William George Simmons, born mm-hmm. in 1903 and a resident of Buckley, uh, and he would apparently tell the story right. of a brickwork employee who lost his arm in machinery, okay. and his screams could be heard at night, you know, like, even though he wasn't dead, he was... Mm. Uh, well, I mean, it doesn't say whether he died or not, because, I mean, something like that could could kill you if you didn't get the right medical attention, But true, but... You know, I, as, as I said, there are no records of anything like this happened, but um, yeah. an accident, an accident is probably more likely to be unreported mm. than a fatality, especially before. Um, I know a tiny bit about this because I work in a place that's a former industrial site. Yeah, record, records in industrial accidents were not good before about the nineteen fifties. Mm. So, in 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 coal mines in particular, before nationalisation, um, they basically didn't bother to record stuff. <sighs> Unless there was a severe accident or something. Yeah.
1: But then if it, if it was just this kind of unfortunate accident, which didn't lead to a fatality, yeah. why is it a haunting?
0: Well, maybe he died later and he went back to the place where... I'm going to go back to, uh, you know, the fast food restaurant where I had a mental health breakdown and haunt it after I die. I yeah, sounds
1: get. like fun to me. Yeah. I'm going to go back yeah. to one where I had IBS problems and just scream. That's gonna be my plan. <laughs> oh no! So you just whatever job you were most
0: like you had the most grievances, in, you you have to return to. Is that not what hell is? But yeah, just that like, um, that's a thought, but it's not a, it's not enough of a story, and it's still not really tied to any convincing sightings. Yeah, the ghost also never seems to have been visible. Hmm. So. You know, I'm I'm gonna go with foxes on this yeah. one. And you, of anything, that's really that convincing. Like
1: at least the Farringdon one had a had an actual story.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That had a story attached yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, that you know, and the verifiable like death, and
1: also some like convincing
0: witness accounts.
1: Yeah, and a reason for the screaming being in that particular location, rather than just his arm fell off.
0: Oh no! I think there was a bit more to. It. I don't. <laughs> I don't think his arm just <laughs> fell off. <laughs> uh that was work back in the day wasn't it um okay so next next one is short and sweet because there's a- there's even less for this one oh my god that's impressive i know right this is the story of the colonel and this is another hanging story and it seems to overlap sometimes with um the schoolmaster right like so this one is uh, uh so parkwood was a wood on the outskirts of pluckley um long gone though we don't know when and all we have is a colonel once hanged himself in the woods and his ghost can be seen walking the area. Okay. No time frame, nothing. No reported stories, just it's always thrown in there
1: with the ghosts. Like a colonel also is there. Yeah. I see, because I was just thinking, because there's a tree outside my window and I'm I'm looking at it as we're recording. I was thinking that maybe the hanging body could have just come from a broken branch and again paradolia of recognizing shapes as people trees look weird at night time yeah but if it's something walking around that i guess gives it a bit more weight but at the same time then it's more likely to just be some guy yeah or <laughs> again pareidolia recognizing shapes and trees especially if it's in a forest because looking between trees your brain fills in a lot yeah you br- i mean yeah
0: forests trick your mind a lot you think mm. you see
1: things Especially if they're like
0: moving, if it's windy.
1: Yeah, or if they're what are those? Or if there are animals. Pine forests, like the ones you get in, like, I I think you get them in Scotland. The ones where it's just lots oh. of very evenly spaced, very straight trees. Yes, those are very freaky.
0: I've never been in one. I've driven past a lot. You know, you're not really meant to go in them. They're like, they're like farmed.
1: Mm, I've never been in one ever. This was a joke for legal reasons.
0: Oh, okay legal reasons gotcha <laughs> wink now, I was thinking more like um in those those kind of like large pine forests where you can constantly just hear like twigs breaking and pine cones falling yeah like that can kind of play with your mind a little bit true and, you know you're like what was that and i I spent a week um in the highlands recently you know just mm. to break the goddamn monotony yeah. And you know, on on a lot of these Highland walks, it is just constantly animals and wind moving trees, and you're like, is there mm. someone here? No, it's just. So you know, if if you're and especially if you go in expecting to see ghosts,
1: yeah, you know, you're gonna you're gonna see them. Your brain's gonna go right. You want a ghost? I got you. I'll give you a ghost. Yeah, the the forest near um, my my mum's house has um, a lot of deer. And, like, both kind of fallow deer and muntjac, so... And they can be pretty large, yeah. so, you know, they can... Yeah. But also, when they're small, I feel like it's spooky as well, because if you just see something quite short just go vum past the corner of your, your vision, you're like, was that a child? Am I being chased by a ghost child?
0: Yeah, because it, it, deer are slightly more unusual to spot than, like, I don't know, squirrels, so mm. they do kind of give you a... What the hell was that? Oh, it was a deer. <laughs> Same with them hairs because they are quite big and people don't realize how big they are until they see them. So they can be a bit like hairs are
1: terrifying. They're large. They've got
0: mad staring eyes. The eyes are what do it.
1: I feel like they're gonna like (laughs) talk to me in riddles and I don't. (laughs) Like they're just gonna stand up like a man.
0: And be like, would you like to know the date and time of your own death?
1: <laughs> I'd like to go home for a cup of tea, please. Yeah,
0: there are quite a lot of hares around where, where I live. That so That makes
1: sense. They're your familiars.
0: They're my familiars. Uh, actually, I've been practicing driving recently, and I was driving near the local nuclear power plant, and there are a lot of hares around there. Oh, boy. So, so something's going on there. Yeah, they're gathering. Some kind of weird surrealist film is happening around <laughs> there. <laughs> Okay, so um, let's take a wee look at our next ghost. Mm. Um, so uh, the Red Lady mm. uh, is a particular type of haunting. Okay. Um, it's a type of female ghost where, like, so the colour of her gown or her, her you know, robe mm. or whatever she's wearing is supposed to, like, indicate what her thing is, okay. quote-unquote. So her, you know, red is the colour of passion Fallen and women betrayal and... and stuff. Fallen women, yeah, so it's supposed to indicate a jilted lover a prostitute or a woman of vanity. I
1: see. Well, I like shall wear, re- wear red all the time. Yeah. I mean, there are like lots of different
0: kinds of colours of female yeah. ghosts like white ladies, ladies in white, ladies in brown, ladies in grey, ladies in black, um, ladies in black, oh. like the one who haunted Camo Tower, except she didn't because it's made up. <laughs> <laughs> So you know, but uh, this lady is supposed to haunt the churchyard at the local Saint Nicholas Church. Ooh. Now she is apparently the Lady Daring, who died at some unspecified time. That's an excellent name. It yeah, D E R I N G, and that name comes up a lot because the Daring family is it Daring or Daring? I'm just going to say Daring. Mm, sounds better. They were basically like the big local important family. You know, like a lot of uh, village communities have like these huge important mm. families who kind of permeate everything. Basically, yeah, um, and you can. You can see that actually still in the architecture of the village, mm-hmm. which ha- which has these windows. Um, if you look at pictures of, of uh, windows in Pluckley, you'll notice they've got kind of a, a rectangular base and then a circular top, mm-hmm. um, which were n- nicknamed Daring Windows. Oh, cool. Yeah. So um, I don't know how widespread that piece of architecture is, presumably you can see it in other places, mm-hmm. but that's what they're, they're referred to in most of the sort of literature on Pluckley. Makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, according to various sources, she died, well, so Mysteries of the Unknown says 12th century, Ghost Connection says 17th, which is quite a big gap.
1: Yeah, that's a very big difference.
0: Now, apparently, she was buried in a red gown with a red rose in her hand. Okay. Inside, what, seven lead coffins.
1: Right, overkill, or radioactive. I would,
0: yeah, how radioactive <laughs> was it? Um, okay, that's why she's glowing red. <laughs>
1: And I think you'd be glowing
0: blue if you were, you know, Cherenkov radiation. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so her motivation apparently is a baby. Uh, Stories varying over whether the child was stillborn or died shortly after birth or she died in childbirth. You know, same kind of shit again. Yeah. Same flavour of... Different flavours of the same thing. And, you know, dying in childbirth or having an infant die of birth is not at all uncommon back in pretty much all of the olden days before about, I don't know, what. When did call the midwife start? <laughs> Whenever that I've never watched an episode of that. Post war, I believe. Yeah, sort of post war times. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, even now in areas that don't have great medical mm. care, women are still quite likely to, more likely to die Yelp. in childbirth. So, I mean, and obviously, you know, this has some basis, in fact, because the Daryl family were a real family. They had their roots in the reign of Henry II, apparently. Mm. What interested me was that Ghost Connection pointed out that a red ghost is harder to explain from the usual roster of, like, outdoor ghost explanations. You know, like, fires, swamp gases, um, Mm. mists, that kind of thing. Because red light is harder to reproduce, like, red red light. You know? Yeah. You know, you only really see it in artificial things, like brake lights, traffic lights, railway yeah, it's signals. it's not
1: something that nature accidentally produces
0: very often.
1: Well, exactly, yeah. I mean, it can happen, mm.
0: but, you know, I just thought it was, that was an interesting thing to point yeah. out, that um, it's probably, that's probably the colour that it's most unusual to see a ghost mm. in, whereas something like white might be a lot more, or grey, or black, is a lot more understandable.
1: It does make me think that, like, if she is from the 12th century, as stated, uh. it would seem unusual at that point in history for a woman to be buried in red. Yeah, okay, so I don't know anything about that time period in red, so how common was red? I'm not entirely sure on the connotations of red at that point. I know blue was mm. a big favourite. Yeah. Um. I don't know, I'll have to look into that, I'm trying to think. I'm...
0: I think red's quite, an, an, I mean, even nowadays, in, you don't really bury people in red. Like, I know it's it's
1: it, it's a wedding colour in a lot of
0: cultures yeah. as well. But, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm trying I think when red got the connotation in relation to women of being... Of being a whore. Because <laughs> um, people wore red stockings at that point, so I don't know.
0: Oh, well, there you go. Okay. Um. No, that's a potential interesting deep dive, mm. is why do we see ghosts wearing the things they yeah. wear? Like, you know, white robes kind of make sense. Yeah, it's the shroud. Uh, it's a shroud, exactly. Same in again. So in East Asian cultures, white is a, like the mm. burial color. But yeah, I mean that that is an insanely interesting sort of tunnel you could dig yourself down into.
1: I will dig. Don't you worry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so in terms of actual happenings, there was a woman named Mary Daring, um, nay, nay Fisher, who died in childbirth. Right. Um, and she's probably not she's probably not the only one as well mm. you know, but you know it's 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 still like there aren't any sightings again, there aren't any good accounts of this happening. come on, nor are there any really good accounts of the another ghost called the White Lady right now, there's a tiny bit more meat to this one, although some of the facts of her cross over with the red lady right, so the location that she haunted was given as um the daring family home okay which was called surrenden daring it doesn't exist anymore okay uh burnt down in, in 1952 and reportedly the white lady could be seen um floating through the library oh, of the family home which a is quite nice i like that one for white lady to have great. a ghost i quite agree yeah so accounts say that she was buried in lead coffins
1: why the lead
0: coffins so basically, the purpose of lead coffins is to stop the body from decomposing. Uh, royals are still buried in lead coffins. Prince Philip was buried in a, in a lead huh. coffin.
1: I thought that was just because he might, you know, rise again. <laughs> Punch his way out and <laughs> start to... Megan Meghan. Megan. She, <laughs> she did this somehow. <laughs>
0: But, uh, you can, I mean, so when um, I volunteered at Highgate Cemetery, mm. um, we got a tour of some, some of the coffins, mm. and I recall there being a lead coffin in, I believe it was the tomb of Mabel Batten, who was the lover of lesbian author Radcliffe Hall. Hell yeah. Yeah, so, and Radcliffe Hall's ashes are in the tomb, along with Mabel and Mabel's husband, who is just hilariously getting cucked for all time. <laughs> um, but... If I recall that correctly, then Mabel had one, if not two, lead coffins. Right. Is, it, is the idea, like, the more coffins, the more preserved? Basically, yeah. Okay. Which, you know, I mean, the, the body's going to decompose eventually, yeah. so, you know. It'll do it itself. Fighting an uphill battle there. Yeah. But yeah, that's, like, the idea behind that. So, her deal is that she also sometimes appears in the churchyard, although it's kind of unclear whether or not it overlaps with that. Mm. White ladies are usually more tragic figures, mm. you know, mourning the loss of children or the betrayal of a lover. Like, you know, the most famous ones are, like, La Llorona. Yeah. La Sayona from Venezuelan folklore. Um, On- Onrio. I haven't said anything Japanese in so long. You know, the Japanese kind of white-robed ghosts. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just a really evocative image. Um, and obviously it's got marital connections in the post-Victorian mm. Western world as well. So it's kind of understandable that like people would think of this idea for a yeah. ghost. So our besties at Ghost Connections did a deep dive onto the Daring family history again, which I'm not going to go into in complete detail because it is quite involved. Mm. But to summarise, only a handful of Daring women died before their husbands in the time frame identified as the most likely so like bet- uh, when the library was built early yeah. 1600s uh, one of them was named Elizabeth Henshaw which I saw that and I was like oh my god because that's the name of the woman in the uh, esteemed 2004 Eddie Murphy comedy The Haunted Mansion <gasps> directed by Rob Minkoff yeah that was the name, uh... Uh, name of the fiancé in that and I'm like coincidence I think yes not. it's probably a coincidence <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this time we have, allegedly, a recorded sighting. Oh my god. I know, are you excited? I'm excited. I'm so excited. So, and daring became the American Embassy, uh-huh. an American embassy, and a school after the First World War, uh, separately. So, in 1920, a man named Mr. Walter Winans, mm-hmm. uh held a lonely Christmas Eve vigil with a shotgun. As you do. Americans in it. <laughs> Looking for the ghost, I think? It doesn't work Anyway... <laughs> This absolute, this absolute mad lad saw the white lady and pulled the trigger the shot passed right through her and she disappeared into the wall <laughs> the house is long gone so it's hard yeah. to but I mean okay so I, I actually read a little bit about him because that was quite interesting so he was a real man um, with a Wikipedia page nonetheless oh. born in Russia to American parents he was a marksman and a horse breeder who won gold and silver medals for shooting at the 1908 and 1912 Olympics and yet he still shot a ghost yep he got a medal but here's the thing he died on the twelfth of August, uh, nineteen twenty, mm. the, there are newspaper reports of this. While racing a coach in a London park, he suffered a heart attack and fell, breaking his skull and dying immediately. He was dead before Christmas, nineteen twenty. So it must have been like nineteen nineteen. Mm. It doesn't then just make sense. The root of the story is really hard to find. So if I mean he was a real person and. There are books written by and about him, but they're quite hard to find. Mm. So, you know, um, and it is plausible because he lived in Kent. So it's completely plausible he'd be at the American embassy as well. Yeah. But yeah, so we have kind of half an account account in this case, um, which is quite interesting. You know,
1: it's like an account of an account. I mean, all of these are an account of an account. Yeah, true. Of an account of an account. (laughs) Say account one more time. Say it. (laughs) Say (laughs) it. We should probably take a small break before we continue to the 13th ghost. No.
0: 30, what, uh, I forgot what number we're on already. <laughs> there's, there's at least, there's between 12 and 400 ghosts.
1: <laughs> well, let's stick to 12, way. shall we? Okay, should we go grab a, a quick drink?
0: Yes, great idea.
1: Alrighty. Well, I will see you in just a moment. It's an awful mess and a bad case of cannibalism. Quote by Master Corporal Bob Bisson. If you want to hear more bad cases of cannibalism and indeed awful messes, make sure to listen to Casting Lots, a survival cannibalism podcast. Okay, I have a cup of tea. Wonderful. I am ready for some more spooks. Are you? That's great. Um, I'm always ready for spooks.
0: Yeah, we were just, just talking about the, the white lady of Serendon Daring the hall, mm-hmm. um, and how she was shot at.
1: <gasps> yes.
0: Yes, by... Um, also, look up this guy. I forgot to say it before, but look up this guy, because he looks like the hunter from Jumanji.
1: <gasps> <gasps> oh, I'm going to have to look him up after the after we finished recording.
0: It is quite fun. But yeah, so, I mean, that's one of the first sort of witness accounts we've got, even though it is quite second hand. You know, mm. it's, it's kind of, this guy saw something and I haven't, yeah. you know, you know, like a, a a proper deep dive would be able to maybe source where like his account was. Um, but, you know, f- for the time being, we'll take it. We'll take it. It's interesting. Yeah, it's something. It's something. It's, it's a,
1: it's a bit of, uh, I don't know if evidence is the right word. No, but. but uh, a bit something uh, more I w- a bit.
0: I want to believe yeah um and i love the idea of a haunted library as well
1: haunted libraries give me all the best vibes it's very ghostbusters you know and and this place would have been like
0: you know an old school library like um there was possibly a secret tunnel that led to the church in this house (gasps) oh
1: yeah i really Like 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 that too tunnel or something like a priest hole
0: you know it doesn't elaborate but i mean that's the most likely thing probably Although, did, did most most priest holes didn't go anywhere,
1: did they? No, but I imagine if you're trying to make a speedy exit or something, rather than just hiding and hoping that they go away.
0: Or if you were just, you know, you were just, like, really religious and you wanted to cut out the middle man between you and Jesus, you could just <laughs> power, power walk along your little tunnel and get to church that much sooner than than anyone else.
1: Makes sense to me.
0: I'm quite delighted by that idea. I don't know the the history of the hu- There will be a history of the house, because, like... A priest's hole is not unlikely. Mm. Have you ever seen one, by the way, in person? Because they're really I have. cool. They're so yeah. Tiny. They're really tiny. The, the one I saw was in Oxborough Hall, which is in Norfolk. Oh,
1: that's new. No and that
0: one was really cool. Yeah, yeah, not far from you, right? Yeah. But yeah, there's—I mean, there's a few of them all around the country, and they are, you know, just like um, a haven of potential ghost stories. So, like, you get mm. why. But if if there was like a I'm um, this is pure conjecture because I don't know if there was a, a priest's hole in this house—but you can see why ghost mm. stories might spring up around something like that.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. The ones that always get me are the ones that are like above a fireplace or in a fireplace. 'Cause there's stories of like witch <gasps> oh witch hunters. Uh priest hunters <laughs> making the family kind of start a fire. Oh. To prove that there wasn't a priest hidden behind them.
0: Oh wow. Oh, I'd never heard of that mm. before. Oh oh mm-hmm. that's a great that okay, yeah, that is another like ingredient for a great ghost story. Oh, absolutely. The infinite capacity of human cruelty, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah, so how moving on from the White Lady, now that we've, mm-hmm. you know, kind of run that one into the ground a little bit <laughs> so the ne- the next haunting is a two for the price of one
1: oh i like a deal
0: yes it also involves two spooky houses okay although i'm afraid we don't get much more in depth than what we've already done Aww. so these two ghosts are known as the monk and the lady of rose court
1: Ooh. now the lady and rose of rose court does sound like a kind of historical fiction.
0: Yeah, it uh, maybe a bodice ripper. Perhaps it's. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't really read for fun anymore. <laughs> so. No,
1: me either. It's sad, isn't
0: it? It is very sad. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I read something just for the sheer joy of it. Actually, no, I'm being unfair. Pr- probably reading, doing the research for this was kind of joyful.
1: Uh, the last thing I read for for pleasure or fun. Let's not say pleasure. Uh, was probably Archive of <laughs> Our Own. So,
0: Mm. me too. Actually, yeah, that is unfortunately that is absolutely correct. The last thing I read just for fun was archive for it this morning, actually.
1: Anyway, yes. But anyway, yes. Tell me about these ghosts.
0: So, um, these two houses are both um, still around, as far as I know. Okay. Rose Court is an early 19th century build, and Greystones was built in 1863. Alright. So, both relatively
1: recent. Okay, yeah. On the grand scale of ghosts.
0: Yeah, on the grand scale of like uh, British buildings. Um, that's mm. only a couple hundred years, which isn't like that old yeah it's american old mm. so uh graystones is said to be haunted by the ghost of a monk okay and that's pretty much all we
1: have that's a good solid ghost type though isn't it monk monks yeah monks nuns both
0: pretty solid yeah. ghost types
1: i feel like that time period though for a monk ghost is yeah. not as common i feel like most monk ghosts come from like the is it the reformation is that the word i want
0: something like that yeah um yeah because 1863 is awfully recent for like a monk ghost
1: not that there aren't still you know monks
0: (laughs) no i drove past a monastery just the other day near where i I live
1: yeah yeah i seem to only drive past nunneries i think maybe they're hinting something at me
0: (laughs) (laughs) what was the monastery saying?
1: um many
0: things Drink beer. Yeah, that's probably what they do all day. Just make beer because there's nothing else to do. (laughs) But yeah, so um, as for the Lady of Rose Court, there's a tiny bit more on her. So allegedly, this ghost is the spirit of a former owner of the house who uh, killed herself by drinking the juice of crushed poisonous berries. Um, Reasons as to why are a bit all over the place, depending on what source you're reading. Um, Some say an affair. Mm -hmm. Others say a love triangle. Apparently both of those might have involved the monk so they don't name a third party though maybe i don't know maybe it was maybe the schoolmaster was there i don't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) that was just a a thropple suicide pact
0: great i mean the dates are all over the place but they are in literally every story here so who cares (laughs) yeah
1: so people make some kind of connection between the two
0: ghosts even though you know they haunt different properties um apparently she died by a wind uh, towards greystones and okay. her ghost is said to appear between four and five in the afternoon, which was her time of death.
1: That's that's a good time. Usually ghosts are uh, nighttime people.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it also kind of hints towards, you know, that stone tape theory thing again, when yeah. a particular time mm. you know, is the time when a ghost appears. That having been said, let's trash this myth. <laughs>
1: Katrina, Katrina's no fun So I'm
0: here to like ruin all your fun. <laughs> I will show up to your party like wearing all gray and I'll just sit there and
1: <laughs> like a sad clown face. I'll
0: just sit there and like make you know um you know like the teacher in Charlie Brown play you know just makes yes. that what wah wah noise. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, Rose Court was built, like, way before Greystones, but that doesn't really... Well, not way before, but before Greystones. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't really matter, because there's no specific time period given for either of these ghosts, except for both of them have a vague Tudor times, which is really vague.
1: Tudor t- I thought they were 18-something.
0: Well, no, that's when the houses were built. The ghosts. Oh. The ghosts themselves. There could have been another house there on the property or another dwelling. That's completely possible. Yeah. But for the fact that the village was, this is again according to research by my best friends at Ghost Connections, <laughs> the, the the village was further south during Tudor times.
1: Right. So that basically ruins the whole thing.
0: They also pointed out that ghost stories like that are unlikely to have originated in the Victorian era when the buildings were new. Mm. I mean, it's it's, po- it's it's possible. Like, yeah. And, you know, maybe once the spiritualism movement kind of kicked in and, you know, kind of the, well, when did it really kick in? I was associated with the late Victorian period, you know, 1890s.
1: I think, I feel like it started around 1860s mm-hmm. and just sort of snowballed in popularity.
0: Yeah, and then I usually think of it ending like the 19, sort of 1930s-ish at the latest. Yeah. yeah, Because
1: it it had a resurgence with the First World War.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, there's, mm. there's the, you know, the idea that, well, I mean, Rose Court would have been about 100 years old by, you know, later, so maybe the ghost story kind mm. of picked up around that time. I don't know if I, like, necessarily agree with, you know, the idea that the buildings are, you know, the buildings are too new to have ghosts because... Mm. Ghost stories involving new builds do exist like mm. we move the headstones but not the bodies you know?
1: yeah exactly
0: It is a th- it, you know that can happen.
1: yeah I remember there was loads of stories sorry to bring the <laughs> the underground up again. Please but with the creation of new stations or new areas yeah. of the stations even though the air the buildings themselves were new the ground that they were built on had been something before so the stories continued from there. I feel like that lends itself almost more in a way. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's no such thing as like virgin ground so to speak. Mm. Like in a lot of places something will have will have been there.
1: Yeah, especially in somewhere as kind of small and built up as as Britain.
0: Yeah, so it doesn't always make sense to just um, you know, assume well, this place is new and th- and also a lot of housing is I'm I'm going off on a tangent kind of, but I mean the housing estate that um that my parents live in was built on um I believe an Anglo-Saxon like, grave was found there. Oh, cool. Yeah, I haven't seen any ghosts, although I have been keeping an eye out, Boo. of course. I would. I would love to see an Anglo-Saxon ghost in the n- new build. Fuck um. yeah.
1: Just like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck is going on?
0: What is any of this? But yeah, I don't know how, it, like, into making up ghost stories about new builds the Victorians were. I don't... That's some... Mm. I feel like that's something I should know, because I feel like I should know more about the spiritualist movement. <laughs> but yeah, as for actual accounts, uh, conveniently, there have been none of either ghost for years. Now, the monk was... Yeah. Obviously, again. The monk was allegedly last seen in either 1971 or 1989 1988- mm. okay. by unidentified witnesses. There are two different, like, reports. One of them identifies, like, an unnamed American journalist.
1: Right.
0: The lady, who knows?
1: <laughs> See, with the, with the monk one, mm-hmm. I I can lend kind of certain weight to things where it's like they stopped appearing if the area has got increased foot traffic. If they've just stayed the same and nothing's really changed, then I don't buy
0: that. I don't know how inc- what the foot traffic would be like around those mm. areas. I mean, it's not like a major village. Does
1: that mm. make sense? It's not like commuter
0: territory. I don't believe so. Mm. I don't, you know, I mean, like I say, it's an hour from London by train, so, you know, that would make sense. But maybe it's, I don't know what the what the... Let's not get into the housing market. It's too frightening. Far too scary for me.
1: Much, much too scary. <laughs> let's go back to the ghosts.
0: They're less Yeah, let's scary. go back to the ghosts. I, I, I'm being 100% sincere <laughs> when I say that it scares me less.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: So at this point, we've covered all the ghosts from uh, Mr. of the Unknown, my original text. Mm-hmm. But there are others. Like I said, there are, you know, up to 15, 16 accounts. Um, there are even yeah. some accounts that I didn't really go into here, mainly because they kind of were too fragmented, mm. you know, and... Again, that there aren't these are just the accounts that appear on like the more official yeah. things, like the, the like the Pluckley website and the walking tour. Um, but there mm-hmm. are other more fragmented accounts out there of ghosts. None of the ones I'm missing are any more compelling than what I'm talking about, though. <laughs> Let me assure you. But yeah, so uh, less legendary, perhaps, but um, maybe maybe more interesting are the mm-hmm. pub ghosts to be found in Pluckley's various watering holes hell yeah and former watering holes so obviously it's a you know it's a british it's a small british town so it has to have at least 14
1: pubs
0: (laughs) that's not true um i think i think we've got like like
1: three three four still a pretty good number for a a village apparently like
0: the uk has more pubs than like all of the u.s has bars or something (laughs) I don't remember, I, re- I could be lying to you right now, but I can 100% believe that to be true. And 80% of them are called the King's Head. They're all called the King's Head. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, one of the pubs uh, is called the Blacksmith's Arms.
1: Ooh, good name.
0: Yep, it's no longer open. It appears to have closed in the late 2010s. Boo. Um, and it boasts three ghosts, apparently.
1: Mm.
0: A Tudor maid. Nice. Uh, a cab a cavalier who wanders the upstairs rooms,
1: and a coachman who likes to sit and stare wistfully into the fire. That is a good kind of selection. I feel like that's kind of from the kind of, uh, you know, basic pub ghost selection. Yeah. Some Like a wistful person at an upstairs window, you know. I
0: think that's just what you'd find if you went into any pub now, is like a man staring wistfully into the fireplace.
1: Yeah, and a Tudor maid and... Uh, what was the other one? Cavalier. Cavalier, yeah, that's just one of the hipsters.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> going to any pub now, and you'd find those three just exactly. kicking a boot. But the, uh, interestingly, the pub used to be known as Spectre Arms, Spectre Inn, and the Ghost's Arms. Oh, which is kind of um. I actually found a website that kind of uh the uh Dover Archives actually that you know. Has some details on it. Um, and uh, a 1974 matchbox for the pub shows the name the Spectre Inn on it.
1: Oh, why did they change it?
0: I know, right? They've got like a, a scan of it, so you can you know. There's also um, I don't think I have referenced anything in particular, but I did find a, a cool website which was just about like defunct pubs basically mm. of Britain. Oh, cool. Um, which is really which is really worth a read if you're interested in that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, another pub, the Daring Arms, named after the family, of course, mm. is mm. still open. And it has a history chronicled uh, also by Dover Kent Archives. so it was built as a family hunting lodge for the daring family. Cool. Um, and it still has an ostler's bell for those arriving by horse, which I would imagine. what's
1: an ostler's bell?
0: An ostler is like someone who looks after horses.
1: Uh, okay, cool.
0: Yeah, in like old timey times. so um mm-hmm. an ostler's bell, I believe, is um something that like would be run would be rung when you rolled up. On your horse?
1: Uh, like a service.
0: Hey, I'm here with a horse.
1: <laughs> Let me in, beach. Get me some horse petrol,
0: or whatever. You'd, I've never <laughs> taken care Change of Change my
1: horse tyres.
0: <laughs> That's how horses work, right? A horse a horse tyre is just a horseshoe.
1: That's fair. I'm only going to call horseshoes horse tyres. <laughs> what is a
0: horse but, but a car with a heartbeat and a death wish?
1: And a hate for everyone around it.
0: And a pure... Shining hatred. (laughs) But yeah, so this pub is the home of um, the ghost of an old lady.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, who's dressed in turn-of-the-century garb, and she will just be seen sitting around the bar. (laughs) And there are, you know, a few sort of, again, secondhand, but still a bit more substantial than most of us have had, of people going, yeah, I just saw an old lady there, and I thought she was real, but then she was gone, and she didn't pay for her drink.
1: It's not not just like a uh, history-bounding person just having a drink. <laughs>
0: It's not like, it's not like, yeah, it's not like a, just a very eccentric um, university professor
1: Yeah. Um,
0: at, at her local watering
1: hole. They dress like that. They're allowed. Let them. Um, so for our next
0: pub, we've got the Black Horse Pub, which is also still open. Okay. And this one has four ghosts of the Daring family.
1: Wow. Isn't
0: that fun? Um, it is said that during the Civil War, um, a royalist member of the family escaped the Roundheads, uh, by jumping through a window. As you do. One of the daring windows, I suppose. Um, now, these ghosts apparently are mischievous and they seem to vanish items in the bar before returning them, usually within a few days. I like it. Borrower style. Exactly. London Walking Tours actually interviewed the pub manager in nineteen eighty seven, um, mm-hmm. and she reported witnessing a glass move on her first day there, as well as cutlery being lifted from the dresser.
1: Oh. See, cutlery lifting, I feel like, is more of like an interesting story than just glasses is moving. You think so? I think so. I feel like things lifting is less likely to be, you know, gravity. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or just a wet surface. I suppose. I,
0: yeah, I mean, I suppose. Mm. But I, you know, I found this one quite interesting because, mm. it, again, it's kind of a second-hand reporting of a first-hand account, but that is yeah, some of the more compelling accounts we've had so far. Um, there was also apparently a spot in the kitchen that dogs would bark at. Huh. And an, ups- an upstairs room that they refused to enter. Oh, the dogs? hmm yeah oh now
1: that see that's cool
0: aren't dogs supposed to be able to like detect supernatural
1: yeah sometimes my dog just stares into the corridor when it's like pitch black and i hate it so much sometimes my gerbils slight and jump when there's nothing going on oh god
0: i don't think i i think they're just i think they're just hypersensitive to like (laughs) high frequency noises
1: though no we're gonna take your gerbils to Pluckly and see what they pick up (laughs) Just put them in a jar and carry them around (laughs) Like a lantern
0: like what do your gerbil eyes see (laughs) (laughs) Ghosts (laughs) May have Actually apparently gerbils um, Have like a wider range of hearing Than most rodents Okay. So who knows
1: Maybe they will be
0: able to hear (laughs) ghosts, you know, as compared to, like, a rat or something. I was doing some reading about gerbil physiology, you know, just
1: as you do, casually. And
0: you say you don't read for fun. Yeah, that was for fun. I was just trying to catch up on, like, the needs and wants of my boys. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so the interesting thing about um, whatever pub we're talking about, the Black Horse, is uh, it's currently... um, It currently does uh, a haunted escape route.
1: Ooh we've got to go.
0: I know right. I want to go to this. Yeah. Um according to them, the attic itself was the reason that their pub was listed as UK's most haunted pub in the Guinness Book of World Records before the category was delisted.
1: Mm, I'm going to say that's a that's a big category i feel like four ghosts is is not that many in the grand scheme of pub ghosts
0: well yeah i mean like how are you clarifying it by like number yeah. of sightings or intent intensity of yeah. incidents what's the rhetoric exactly but I, I i couldn't find that one i did find you know pluckley's original kind of mm. guinness book of world record entries but i couldn't find that one so i don't know big if true but yeah so uh according to them the creepy attic was sealed up um for a long time and they say on that cuz i mean the the objective of their um escape room is that you're supposed to find your way into this attic room okay and then they say you don't have to actually enter our room if you find it too scary so I'm like, okay, challenge accepted.
1: I'm going in you the You can't room. stop
0: me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I would like to do that yeah. escape room and really
1: We've got to go. We've got to go. Let's book tickets immediately.
0: I would love to go to Pluckley. Like, I, I in an ideal world, this would be written after a visit yeah. to Pluckley. Maybe one day there'll be a
1: Pluckley part two. Who knows? We'll write it in the hotel.
0: <laughs> okay, so the next one is quite a famous one. Okay. I, I, we kind of hit upon it a bit earlier, but um, this one is known as The Screaming Woods.
1: <gasps> I love it. I love it already. Uh
0: So, um, Daring Woods Mm -hmm. are nicknamed the Screaming Woods because it is said by someone that you can hear the screams of those who have become lost in the woods echoing at night.
1: Right. I'm, as much as I love that title, Mm. that's Fox's Baby.
0: Fox's Baby, exactly. That's all I've written down. Foxes, (laughs) rabbits, birds. The uh, Ghost Connections pointed out that there are also peacocks in the area yeah. i assume there are some like rip, some and peacocks also scream mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah um you know as as per usual it's more the lack of accounts that's bothering me than like any you know yeah i just <laughs> than any than anything I else i just
1: want them to scream words mm. i feel like what, screaming a word or several words would just make it more believable. Like, is it so much to ask for ghosts to just scream, like, a sentence?
0: So, there are a couple of newspaper articles floating around. Ghost Connections pointed these out. So, basically, one of them says, it's purportedly from 1948, and says, 20 dead bodies were found in the woods. Right. And the second one is from 1998, claiming that four students went missing in the woods. Right. So, yeah, if you are looking these up, it's possible these will pop up on your search feed. Uh, They appear to have been spread by... A facebook page for an in development horror game called shadow people wow. and they haven't they haven't updated since 2015 so i don't know what's happening to the game but they they, they seem to have made it maybe as like a promotional tool mm. or something for the game
1: the thing is i feel like saying forests have bodies in them and therefore must be haunted like find me a forest that doesn't have bodies in it like the forest I grew up near mm-hmm. was a dumping ground for the craze. <laughs> there's, and I, it's not called the Screaming Forest, so.
0: What a pity. They could really make something out of that if they wanted to. Yeah,
1: they could really make some money off it.
0: Sell tickets.
1: I mean, I hope they don't, because there's already enough rubbish as it is, but. Yeah. There's money to be made. It's also where Dick Turpin had a hideout. Come on. Yeah be creative. The business opportunities are there. Pluckley's doing it. Well, I mean, it's
0: just I mean, Pluckley's not selling tickets to visit the Screaming Woods yet. Um, Should do. You know, interestingly okay, actually this kind of ties into what you were saying. Uh, The Screaming Woods enjoyed a boost of popularity when they were featured in a 2004 episode of Top Gear, which I mentioned earlier. So, the bet was that uh, James May and Richard Hammond had to spend 24 hours in a smart 4-4. Uh-huh.
1: That's the start of an archive of our own.
0: (laughs) Trapped in a forefall, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> um, and this includes a twenty f- and, and overnight in the screaming woods. For some reason, I don't know why they picked that. Apart from actually, no, I do know why they picked that sensationalism. Yeah, where absolutely nothing happened.
1: Yeah, they
0: did order a pizza. so. Oh, to the screaming woods. Yeah.
1: Oh, ah, cool. Good to know you can get pizza
0: there. Apparently, you can. I mean, obviously, it's heavily edited, so it's hard to know if like mm. maybe it was just like a runner who who did it in the the bit, (laughs) but I I want to believe that you can just order a pizza into the screen. (laughs) I hope so. But yeah, like I say, nothing happened there. They mentioned the story about the schoolmaster. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's pretty much it. Mm. Uh, The Woods have also featured and indeed the rest of the park have also featured in several other paranormal shows, including Most Haunted. Hell yeah! Obviously. Hell yeah! Uh, Ghost Hunters International, which I've never seen, but I'm assuming it's like every other ghost show. Yeah, as well as Sunday Night Project, which was that thing with Alan Carr and the other one, the annoying one. (laughs)
1: Oh yeah,
0: you know, just the one who was cancelled. Yeah, he was cancelled pretty hardcore, from what I understand. And I haven't watched mm-hmm. that episode because I know it's annoying. Uh, I did yeah. rewatch the Top Gear episode for research for this, but I'm like, that <laughs> that, that one was too far. I couldn't do it.
1: Yeah, that's
0: fair. Uh, but yeah, don't don't attempt to watch any of these because they're all really annoying. Um, with emphasis on um, a 2016 show called. Are you ready for this? Celebrity Haunted Hotel Live. Oh, that's
1: amazing! Mm-hmm. I love Which it. Which
0: is exactly what it sounds like. And actually one of the people they sent to Pluckley was Jamelia, who I adore.
1: Yay!
0: Yeah, we all love Jamelia, right? Yeah. All got fun memories of Superstar. <laughs> but yeah, basically they went to LV Farm, which is a hotel that used to be a farm mm-hmm. and is another massively haunted property. Apparently.
1: Apparently.
0: It doesn't show up on quite a few of the official lists, so Yeah, a pinch of salt. Pinch of salt. And I went I went deep into the research for this one.
1: For your girl Jamelia.
0: I did yeah. I wanted to be like <laughs> I wanted to do her justice. but So basically, according to LV Farm's website, mm. it is haunted by a man named Edward Brett, right. who was a farmer at the turn of the century who, here we go again, allegedly killed himself in the dairy.
1: Oh, for goodness sake. What is happening in this town?
0: Now, again, I went back into the archives um, and I couldn't find any records of such a thing. Again, it doesn't mean it didn't happen, because I didn't Mm. do like a thorough, thorough search. Yeah. But um, in the Kent Online Archives, there is an account from 1862 of a farmer in Tudley, I think? Yeah. Tudley, Kent, who shot himself,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, it's several decades too early, and his name was James Pack. So, completely different name. (laughs) Just a bit. Exactly. Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> the only reason given was that apparently uh, Mr. Peck was very much annoyed lately by a person living in the locality who has used appropriate epithets towards him. Okay. just a bit sus if you ask me, but all right. Yeah. But, I mean, this kind of ties back to what I was thinking about earlier. Mm. Like, what about an event? like this happening close by and kind of being absorbed into local folklore and then regurgitated.
1: It does seem like that. Yeah, a lot of these seem to have, you know, a story that's similar from somewhere else in the same county mm-hmm. that's then just because I think potentially because pluckley has this reputation as being, you know, the most haunted village in England. Yeah. The stories then just magnetize?
0: Yeah, yeah, totally
1: to the area. Exactly. Mm.
0: Um, I think I think that could be fairly likely.
1: Yeah, I'd say so.
0: So this kind of like I mean we're drawing towards the end here. Mm. This kind of makes you think like why Pluckley in particular. Like, why would that become the center of so many of these ghost stories?
1: I mean, I feel like English villages, mm. how and like rural places in England, because no, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get really into this because uh-huh. of a huge amount of industrialization that happened quite early on for us as a country. Yes, I feel like because of that industrialization, rural places have become such a kind of weird and outsider kind of space to most people, that right, they then yeah. become this kind of weird liminal space where things like this do happen.
0: Bit of folk horror, maybe. Yeah,
1: that's, yeah. that's what, kind of what I'm feeling.
0: Yeah, I get it.
1: Mm.
0: I mean, it's, it, it seems like a lot of these stories are pretty baseless.
1: Mm. No, I
0: mean, not only are they baseless, like, again, it doesn't really matter if, like, I can't find records of um, a, a, yeah. a, a, a traveller woman who, who burned to death or... A farmer who shot himself in the mouth. That that's less important. Mm. The baselessness that bothers me was that the, the the lack of witness accounts. Yeah, that's what bothers me more than like the lack of historical like detailing. Mm. So, Ghost Connections actually proposes a theory. Okay. Now, there's a book by a man named Frederick Saunders. It's called "Pluckley is My Playground," um, and it was published in 1955? Yeah, 1955. Yep, 1955. Um, and it detailed his childhood memoirs from 1919 to 1926, growing up in the village. Okay. Unfortunately, I couldn't get hold of this book. It's like, it's listed on Amazon and Waterstones, but it's sold out. Um, mm. So, I mean, I probably could have gotten hold of it if I had lots of time and resources, but um, you yeah. know, again, again, that's why I'm like, okay, maybe one day we'll do a part two, deep, deep, deep dive. Yeah. But apparently this book collects the ghost stories, uh-huh. doesn't really explain how he knows them to be true. Um, these right. including the high women, the the watercress seller, the monk and the lady. Mm-hmm. Now, apparently, according to Ghost Connections and a couple of other resources, this is the first printed account of Pluckley's ghosts.
1: Okay. There's
0: also, there was a British broadcaster named Desmond Carrington, uh, who died in, I think, 2013. Mm-hmm. But he, he was once a... A Pluckley resident. Yeah. And in an interview he did in the 1950s for the Radio Times, um, he claimed to have invented the stories himself. Right. Now, I couldn't find this interview.
1: If the stories were printed in a book from the 20s or earlier.
0: The book came out in 1955, which is about the same time. Okay. Frederick Saunders was writing about his memories from the 20s.
1: Oh, I see, I see
0: but the book was printed in 1955 okay yeah again um it's quite vague as to like when this interview was i couldn't find a copy of it i don't i don't know if radio times has like an archive or something which would be interesting um my initial idea was like maybe cuz you know like in around that time the bbc destroyed a lot of their um old stuff mm-hmm. Like, it's just lost to time because they didn't, like, because TV was still... Oh, like,
1: lots of episodes of Doctor Who. Yeah,
0: Doctor Who, uh still three episodes of Dad's Army, lost forever. Mm. I'm sure other stuff happened, but those are the two most significant. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so I'm like, is it possible that, like, the interview just doesn't exist anymore? Which would be annoying, but...
1: It's possible, You know, yeah.
0: maybe it does. But yeah, so this got me wondering, do the ghosts, then, come from the imagination of children who lived in the village in the 1920s?
1: They would have to have snowballed. I don't feel like children would be like, oh, I'm gonna come up with a ghost. Oh, it's a traveller woman that burned to death. I don't know,
0: man. Kids are morbid. Kids
1: are way more morbid than they get credit for. True. I... yeah.
0: I guess, yeah.
1: But that's that's a lot of ghosts. The same group of
0: children inventing all of them would be a bit ridiculous, I agree. Yeah. But, like, I do wonder if some or even most of these... Like it's a
1: sort of patchwork. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, of
1: different children's stories yeah that would make sense i could see that
0: i mean um so um a writer called neil arnold in uh the book kent urban legends the phantom hitchhiker and other stories
1: mm-hmm.
0: he states that author uh who wrote about the area charles Igglesden, didn't mention a single ghost in his 1940s account of pluckley ah. but at yet a, t- a mere 10 years later the place is apparently lousy with ghosts
1: yeah that is that is interesting,
0: I mean it's completely possible that like um Charles Eagleston like didn't consider that important, yeah again, that's another account. I haven't read his account either, mm. unfortunately, just lack of availability, basically
1: he probably didn't want to include it because it was oh they're flights of fancy or something, you know they're, they're, <laughs> there's no actual basis of proof of any of these ghosts, so why bother?
0: that's what I'm doing right now, but yeah, so i I would like to tentatively propose the idea that possibly these snowballed from various local legends
1: mm.
0: and were accentuated by, like, children's stories.
1: I can see that.
0: That I, I would like to hesitantly put that out there into the arena.
1: No, I, I would buy that 100%.
0: But, I mean, why does it, like, matter if they're, you know, real or not? Well, Pluckley has a mixed relationship with its ghosts. Mm. You know, on the one hand, they kind of, they, they display it on the website and it does bring foot traffic to the village and mm. its businesses. Um, you know, I mean, as as we were saying earlier, it can be like a source for tourism mm-hmm. if you're haunted, but there have been <laughs> complaints from locals about visiting ghost hunters. Yeah. According to uh, a 2016 article in the Independent, there was an increase in visitors to the Screaming Woods after the Top Gear episode. And the Woodland Trust reported damage, uh, like graffiti, broken trees, litter, all that kind of thing. I was going to say. Yeah. So uh, there was quite a lot of apprehension when Celebrity Haunted Hotel came to town. (laughs) You know, just basically just fearing that people will come along and ruin it again.
1: Yeah, yeah, makes sense.
0: You can look up Daring Woods on the Woodland Trust's website and there is not a single mention of ghosts. (laughs) obviously (laughs) (laughs) yeah because obviously that's not their priority or anything Mm. but like you know it's not a selling point for people who are interested in in nature so uh, parish council vice chairman Martin Newman said if they choose to be sensationalist and overexcited about it there's always the risk of attracting an element that we would rather didn't come Mm. he adding that most residents of the village just hunker down at Halloween (laughs) and we (laughs) yeah we remind the police that hey, we are Pluckley and Halloween is coming.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, yep. We'll be respectful when we visit.
0: Very respectful. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister visited actually a few did. years ago for a different podcast. She said absolutely nothing happened.
1: Yeah. But yeah, so
0: uh, kind of wrapping up. It's uh, there is something about a village with like a dozen ghosts that is like really. It really seizes the imagination, right? Mm,
1: it's very sort of 13 ghosts, that 2000s film, you know?
0: That film is spectacular. It's so good. And I wish it was real. <laughs> I love it, but also it makes me nauseous because yeah. of the way it is edited. I really love like, the designs of the ghosts as well.
1: Yeah, there's so yeah. much thought put into that. You know the guy who did the, the set design for that went on to do Avengers Endgame?
0: Really? Yeah. I feel like that was a step down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I agree. So,
0: um, but yeah, after like going through a lot of these accounts and becoming extremely disillusioned with mm. the whole thing, I went back to Mysteries of the Unknown and it's it's charming little map of the ghosts of Pluckley, <laughs> and as I said, I went to the website Haunted Generation, which has an interview with the author of the book uh, Christopher Maynard mm. and you know he he speaks about the research that they did for the pluckley spread mm. and th- they really didn't just like lazily rehash stuff. they went to and his um so him and the art director David Jeffries, they traveled to Pluckley and spent the day you know photographing the sites and walking the room. oh cool. Yeah, creating like a psycho geographical ghost map. Yeah. So and um, the Bob Fisher, who is the man who like writes Haunted Generation, he remembers being convinced that the white lady was real and living in the wardrobe of his spare bedroom, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is really relatable because you know, like I said, I was convinced the hairy hands of Dartmoor were like yeah. in my cupboard and they were going to strangle me to death for <laughs> quite a long time, mm. or like the the um, what was the other one? The the faces that used to freak me out.
1: Oh, was that the one in the floor? Yes. Yes, that one terrified me.
0: Spanish ghost story, yeah. And also there was um, there was um, the the book I had mm. um, it had like a double page spread on Glam's Castle, which like scared the shit out of me. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it was it was really frightening. But yeah, like I kind of like that about like I like that, and uh, as I said, I, I think it was probably really closely intertwined with like the way that children tell stories. Mm-hmm. That's how I think a lot of these stories developed and then became remembered through stuff like this This book. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's kind of almost like a childhood ghost rite of passage yeah, to learn about that. Pluckley. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel that the, the ghosts don't even need to be real or even, like, based on real historical events to be noteworthy. I feel... What I would really enjoy mm. would be an in-depth look at how local legends develop yeah. um, with Pluckley as a case study. Mm-hmm. I think that would
1: be insanely interesting. That would be very cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, Pluckley does have historians um, there who, mm-hmm. you know would know way more about this than me, and maybe even there is such a thing that exists already, I don't know. Mm. But, yeah, I just th- I just think um, it's kind of the same as um, uh, Bully Rectory, it's debunkable, and it's possible to be sceptical, but it's also like, this is a pretty key moment if you're interested in ghosts, yeah. this is an important aspect of, like, ghost history. It's debunkable, but it's fun. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Debunkable, but it's fun. And, yeah, I'd really love to visit there one day, maybe, like, you know, go to the pub and talk to the pub owners and see if anyone's got any first-hand stories that yeah, would be interesting
1: just a great history outing it'll be great
0: that would be really good actually i'd love that yeah. um once we're allowed to leave our houses again i mean we are allowed to leave our hu- or are we i can't i have no idea I what's mean, going I'm on anymore
1: technically fully vaccinated at this point well not technically i am so that's fun
0: hell yeah i got dose number one mm. numero uno which was fine but yeah that's that's um That's pretty much all I have to say about Pluckley. Like I said, I think there's more to say, but you'd need to do a really intensive study about it to like, I mean, that could be a PhD in and of itself, (laughs) folklore around Pluckley. Who's going to sponsor that? They are good stories. They're very classic ghost stories.
1: They are definitely stories, Mm. I feel like, rather than accounts, but that's the fun of it. That's the whole fun. That is the fun of it. And we love ghost stories.
0: So sometimes you just got to baselessly say hey did you know that in the woods there's a scary old man with no face that exactly. he lives in there yeah that's just what even though it's based on literally nothing yeah
1: I mean, how else do ghost stories get made?
0: How else are you supposed to communicate with uh, people your age?
1: Exactly. When
0: you're, like, nine? Yeah. Talk to them? I think not. Oh, ghost stories. <laughs> ghost stories, exactly. Yeah, that's some real, like, guide camp oh, yeah. stuff right there.
1: And good news, we are actually going to be continuing with ghost stories next time. Oh, okay, okay, what's, what's happening? We're doing Colchester Castle. Oh, that's a good one. Um, which has okay. a very good, long, rich... History with lots of good ghosts and a couple. I don't know if a couple. Definitely one re- recurring character that we've already talked about on this show before. Oh, Mr. Hopkins, the Witchfinder General. <gasps> Mr. Hopkins, the Witchfinder General. Because we're in Essex. Of course, we are. Witch hunting capital.
0: It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he just disappeared. And then he just fucking perished. And he just. Often left
1: <laughs> my work here is done
0: no, that'll be really interesting yeah. good to get into ghosts
1: and I'll be able to take some actual pictures
0: oh, that'll be really good Yee. yeah this is like this is like back to the I feel like I dealt some real psychic damage with the um protect and survive thing <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. so yeah I'm like let's just be spooky and fun yeah, we'll
1: just <laughs> tell some spooky ghost stories it'll be fine
0: spooky ghost stories let's not think about the real horrors of being <laughs>
1: alive yeah. Oh, God. Okay, on that subject, I think I'm going to go and get another cup of tea and a nice biscuit. Yeah, idea. <laughs> Wonderful. I think, yeah. And I will Good see idea.
0: you next time. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Good night, friends.